Hey everyone, Paulie from Rat Depot here. I hope you're well. Uh, welcome to the first kind of episode, I guess, of of Rat Depot FM. Um, I'm sure this episode will have a a, a sexy, catchy title uh, when you see it in your inboxes. But for now, it's just called Episode One, I guess. Um, sorry for the delay on this one. Um, I did record an episode with my friend Louis, who runs a, a Substack newsletter called nostalgia detective um but we had some tech issues we actually spent longer trying to sort the kind of recording software that we were going to use because we're in two different places uh than we did recording it i think we spent probably 45 50 minutes trying to get it sorted and then probably 28 30 minutes recording uh and the sorry i've got a bit of a blocked nose um the recording wasn't great. The levels weren't weren't great. Uh, Louis was a lot louder. Not personally. I mean, just his audio was a lot louder. But it was on one track, and I'm sure there's some audio files out there that were like, "You can easily fix that this way." Well, I don't know what I'm doing, folks. So uh, try my best. Um, but me and Louis will reconvene to discuss or just to chat um, soon when Louis's free. Uh, he does have his own newsletter to run oh i keep yawning with it it's not because i'm bored i just i think you know when you talk for too long you start yawning um so yeah i thought i would go back to the newsletter cctv romance drone strikes and serving face and maybe offer some posthumous reflections uh probably one of the most interesting things i've learned in the last week is jill mcgid subject of the the scouse affair section of the newsletter who went to Liverpool and uh, got filmed by police through CCTV cameras. Uh, in that newsletter... Sorry, my cat's currently trying to get into the chest of drawers. Can you get down, please? Get down. Yes, you. Cheeky. Um, sorry, hammering on the desk, I realised, was probably quite loud. Um, yeah, so one of the things I learned about Jill McGid since... Uh, I think about two days after I published the newsletter, um, Jill McGid posted a, a an Instagram uh, an Instagram post um, advertising her new her new project, which is essentially to take iconic flowers, plants from video games, such as the like f- you know the fire power up in uh, the Super Mario games, the the flower. Uh, I think a medicinal plant from Resident Evil, uh, a plant from Zelda, and a few others, uh, and I made them into NFTs. Uh, so that's obviously really disappointing. Yeah, they're being sold as uh, like bouquets—a bouquet that never dies for your partner. As if you'd ever buy your partner, um, you know. An NFT of some flowers. If I got bought an NFT of some flowers, I would I would be upset. I would rather just have like a five pound bouquet of flowers. Um, so yeah, that's that's depressing, and it just goes to show that the journey of discovery that is kind of curating stories and and stuff for newsletters is is always a sort of oh my god. I'm so sorry. This is not. Um, I'm actually not tired. Like. As soon as I stop talking, I will stop yawning. It's like a condition. Um, it shows that the journey of discovery involved in creating stories and stuff is 
is never complete and it shows that you can do as much research as you can on something and you'll never have enough time um and there'll always be something new that kind of challenges your narrative or your perspective i mean in the newsletter obviously a big part of it was challenging jill mcgood's work um and kind of offering contrasts with other artists who've spoken about these issues in, in similar ways um, and how Jill McGid's work is uh, slightly problematic and then obviously addressing the fact that she then went on to do a commission for the Dutch Secret, Secret Service which isn't great um, so maybe the NFT doesn't come as that much of a surprise but it, it goes to show that you can never you're never you're never a, a, an authoritative voice on the things that you cover in the newsletters and I hope people appreciate that and, and, and it's just um it's just a case of you know i mean it's even worse when you go on instagram and look at uh and i don't mean this in a negative way because it's the nature of what it is but you know like instagram accounts that curate stuff and make posts all the time oh my god i'm not tired i promise um like uh welcome.jpg enigma.curation folders stuff like that where they're really good at what they do and they're clearly kind of passionate researchers tastemakers who like to um you know share new things with their um followers and they're really good at it so this is not a criticism but obviously with the nature of that with regular posting almost daily probably daily um is the fact that you're you're never gonna you know you're never gonna have a full grasp on what you're posting and often not often, but sometimes those things might not age very well, um, or they might there might be hidden elements to them that you've not found in your research and your exploration on, online. So it's an interesting facet of, of writing newsletters or, or promoting art in, in that way. Um, it, you know, it's not academic; it's it's driven by a similar passion, but it's it's not kind of as well as well researched as as an academic thing. You know, that can take weeks, months. You know. People that write newsletters, people that make Instagram posts are often, you know, doing it daily um, or weekly. So, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting that I kind of posted that about Jill McGid and said, this is cool, but also a bit odd. And and then literally two days later, she was posting NFTs of, of things, you know, of images that were made by someone else as well. You know, like the assets involved in, in those objects, um, you know, were designed by artists originally, designed by designers in nintendo or or wherever um so it's sad to see that those things you know someone else's creation are being taken and basically marketed as as a as a as an even more fake thing <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't think any people have differing opinions on nfts perhaps but i feel most people side on the fact that they they suck they suck donkey dick and balls um and that's where i kind of lie on it so yeah, interesting, interesting end to the chap to the the Jill McGid chapter in, in in the Rat Depot law. Um, I mean, what else? I mean, so when I chatted with Louis, we talked predominantly about Eagle Eye, which was the the film that I discussed in the newsletter um, that featured kind of extensive use of CCTV footage and drone and a, a featured a drone, uh, like a military drone. I've got what they call. Uh, oh fucking Christ! Um, predator drones. I don't know, there's probably a more official term for them than that, you know, EX, EX45, Drone 2000, Gorg Gorg 4000, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's just a drone to me, but 
Yeah, featured a drone, and, and um, yeah, we discussed how that film fits in the sort of canon of, of surveillance films, and Louis made a point that maybe I'll think about now, that um, surveillance films in the current year, or the last kind of few years, have become AI films, was, was the kind of final point that we landed on, and what distinguishes the films of the noughties with, with the films of the, the 2020s, perhaps. Um well, we also remarked that there's not as many of them, for one. But I think my argument is that there's less outright, quote, you know, surveillance films, unquote, as films that incorporate the visual uh, language of surveillance without kind of explicitly having it as a theme. I think it's become... Surveillance is so obviously ingrained in our day- day-to-day lives, from unlocking your phone to um, your phone calls being recorded when you... Uh, uh you know call customer service to you know your footprint is 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 everywhere it's so extensive getting money out of an atm buying a chocolate bar in in a supermarket and self-service checkout um you know anything like it's just so extensive that we don't think about it on a day-to-day basis because you don't really have a choice um to consent to society is to consent to almost constant surveillance to a degree um so it's not something that's as remarked upon as it once was. And I think that's... I don't know whether that's something I kind of explicitly addressed in, in the newsletter because we kind of ended around 2014 and, and in that final section it was more about kind of possible avenues for resistance to surveillance and, and where those resistances happen to be in the current year. Um, places like Taiwan, for example, or the US. Um <clears throat> Distinct lack of masks from the people who uh, stormed Capitol Hill, by the way. Funny that. Um, yeah, so we were talking about these films and how a lot of the films in the noughties um, were more consciously addressing surveillance because it was not a completely new concept, but obviously because of the war on terror, because of the war conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan, became... Um, prevalent topics both domestically and internationally and were things that people were were more worried about um you know the patriot act and so on encroachments on personal privacy in the in the name of collective security but really just for increased kind of oversight and control um are really interesting and and it plays out that way in eagle eye even if it's done in quite a half-baked cheap way um other films we discussed were the born the born series the original born series not the the, the pre-snowplow Jeremy Renner uh, attempt um, but yeah the original Matt Damon uh, Bourne films and then we talked about uh, how he's always on camera in those films he's always being seen through a camera I mean it led to the most iconic meme from those films which you know is the guy being like oh, Jesus Christ that's Jason Bourne it's literally him in the class in the fucking now hallowed room full of screens um watching him do his little little borny shit his little borny thing so um we thought that was an interesting one uh and that's obviously about kind of like rogue agents and and um kind of cells uh deep cells that uh can come alive and, and cause havoc uh when asked to do so by hostile governments and so on um so that's an interesting post 9-11 narrative in itself and obviously those films uh do bang um crazy that it is it in the last one that moby does the 
does the like final song or whatever. You know the one that's like I'm gonna do it into the mic, but the one where he's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I I know that I swear Moby is involved in the Bourne films to some degree. I don't know why I'm harping about this, but Moby, if you're hearing this, stop. Not stop your involvement with Bourne. Just stop permanently. Um, that's as far as I'll go with Moby. Hopefully, Moby never appears in in the Rat Depot canon again. Um, but yeah, so some interesting parallels there. And then we talked uh, about the Winter Soldier as well. Um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, that is, which was all was was kind of a bit of a uh, well, not a strenuous link, but obviously in that film. Uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, get, does literally get... I think he gets chased by a drone. Um, so, and in that film, the big baddie is, I think, you know, like a shadowy fascist organisation, um, essentially kind of like a sleeper agent from the Second World War that will start discriminately, discriminately targeting uh, people using biometrics using facial recognition um and also kind of a form of like social credit uh, social credit to a degree where like if you have priors or you have like some sort of like criminal history or some kind of sketchy background this kind of war machine would target like do kind of like preemptive strikes um preemptive strike uh, you know, obviously borrowing the language from from the the conflict in the Middle East, um, in terms of drones, doing preemptive strikes on on people that may possibly be a threat to national security or, or be a threat to other people, um, obviously completely fucked. But that you know, like obviously it's the it's the villain of the film. But one of the more interesting villains um, in the sort of Marvel canon, really, when you think of other ones that just want to just want to fuck people up for no reason. Um, it ha- it has an interesting bent to it, and uh, yeah, so we we talked about that a bit as well. Uh, pretty sure, um, Steve Rogers like fucks, uh, like his his one true love's granddaughter or something in that film. Bit sketchy that, if you ask me. Um, but I'm not here to cancel Steve Rogers. Uh, he kind of cancelled himself and became Joe Biden at the end of those films. Spoilers. Um. Yeah, so that's that's where we got to with with um, exploring those different things, um, and that's where we got to with Louis. That, that episode probably won't get published just because just because it's it's like kind of harsh to listen to. Like the content's really really fun, and I feel bad. Um, it was really fun chatting to Louis, but it's um, it just sounds horrible. Like if if you're wearing headphones or anything, it would sound like fucking shit. So hopefully this doesn't sound uh, not nearly as bad. Um, so that's a recap of the newsletter. I thought it'd be fun now to kind of um, talk you through some stuff that I've been enjoying recently that probably won't be in the next letter. Um, more like social media type stuff that you could check out, reads, accounts and stuff. Um, yeah, so so just just some people that I want to shout out, basically. Uh, let me, let me uh, do a little music number and then I'll recap. Some homies that 
Wow. Well, I hope that didn't fuck up your day too much. Um, shout out to Poddington Bear uh, for providing that royalty-free, jazzy music. Uh, I think the track's called Relinquish. Um, I'll provide a link to it in the, in the description of the, the, this episode. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, shout out to Poddington Bear, but uh, I would also like to shout out Amy from... Um, oh, I don't want to get the name of the the letter wrong, I want to be specific here, Mindful Soul Centre, um, for shouting me out in their Five for Friday uh, newsletter. Um, they shouted out Frank Part 1, which is the short story I uh, recently published. Uh, they said they really enjoyed it, so thank you very, very much, Amy. Um, uh, Amy posts a lot of stuff about uh, well mindfulness and, and tends to repost a lot of stuff from other uh, magazines and stuff that she enjoys so uh, maybe check her out and, and see whether any of it is, is stuff you'd enjoy um, it's very different to this so um, yeah but I'm sure there's some 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 uh, coalescence somewhere so in terms of things I've been, I've been enjoying recently um, I just accidentally played one of the videos um, I've been really into an account called Ike's Birding Hikes on Instagram that's I-K-E-S Ike's birding hikes um ike or i should say isaiah scott uh is a guy who is an ornithologist and he loves looking at birds um his account fucking slaps uh it's him looking at fucking birds i I don't know what i really don't know what else you'd want from from ike um isaiah has 90k followers so he really doesn't need any promotion from me um but it's just an account i found recently that i really enjoyed and if you like birds uh, that's definitely one for you. I'd also like to shout out Louis, of course, from Nostalgia Detective. Um, you may see on the Rat Depot profile that I do recommend Nostalgia Detective to my readers. Um, really, really good newsletter about film franchises. And yeah, Louis goes into far more detail than any human being ever should about things that no human being should care about that much. Um, and it's very, very entertaining and fun and well, well well researched um and yeah often has a kind of thematic bent that i really just can't see coming um yeah so i'd I'd recommend louis really um check him out and you'll definitely hear from him soon he'll be on he'll be on rat depot sooner rather than later i'd also like to shout out um casper ceramics um casper clifford is a ceramics major at salisbury university um they make ceramics um their stuff fucking bangs um they've made all sorts from they made a a grizzly bear like a ceramic bear that has a kind of like horror like element with with kind of mutated like multiple teeth um that i really really love they did a oh i'm playing their videos out loud they did a frog called hubert um who has eyes all over his body and is green and 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 froggy their ceramics are really, really cool and unique, and I love people that make ceramics, and I always get really, really jealous because I just can't do it. Not that I've really tried, but I definitely couldn't touch what, what Clifford does. Um, uh, so definitely check them out. It's at Casper Ceramics. They don't know that I've done this. I don't think they follow me, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, Casper, if we could be friends, that would be really cool. Um, yeah, and I would like to buy some of your pottery because it fucking rips yeah casper ceramics 
I've been a bit light on the ground recently in terms of um kind of music and music exploration, but a few tracks I've kind of been rinsing rinsing recently. Um, Morning Thanks by Conductor Williams. Um, found that through Danger Mouse's playlist. Playlist. If you don't follow that playlist, it's really really good for discovering new music. Um, City Strut by The Meters, which reminds me so much of the um Better Call Saul intro music, even though it's not. Um, Come On by Tommy McGee and um minutia by spilly cave uh all absolute fucking bangers um none of which i'm going to play here obviously because i don't want to get sued um yeah that's it in terms of music really um i'm off to see babylon tonight with my partner mia um i think we're going to see babylon it's between babylon fablemans or um megan so all have their pros and cons obviously uh so yeah probably report report back on that in the in the the next letter but i think that about wraps it up for today um if you've made it this far thank you so much for listening um and feel free to um comment on the post i'm sure what shall i make people comment as a kind of like little in joke uh fuck moby um actually no don't do that (laughs) that's a bit harsh um all right if you made it this far in the podcast i want you to comment on the instagram post that will accompany this podcast hashtag rat depot and then an emoji, an emoji of your choice. And obviously, in the annals of history, that emoji will come to define um, who you are uh, to future generations. When they think of you, they will think of that emoji that you put on a Rat Depot post on the 27th of January, 2023. That spells the end of this uh, episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and yeah, I'll be back on Sunday with a whole new piece of material that will be completely different um, and hopefully... Uh, just as fun. So thank you very much. Chat to you soon. Love, Paulie.